going to walk through the Lord's Supper together. And again, this is a unique time. We've not done the Lord's Supper in nine months, and we've certainly never, to my knowledge, done it in this manner. And so uh, I wanted to give us just a few moments of instruction to help us before we get into the sermon time. So if you're at home watching this, remember, uh, faith family, that there's a multitude of people who are watching at home, both in Montgomery as our faith family, but also across the United States, and even as far as I've heard as Pakistan, people watching this service together. And so it's a neat thought in my mind that believers in Pakistan watching our service are sharing the Lord's Supper together. But in this moment, before we as a faith family talk about what this is going to look like, if you want to go to your... uh, pantry and grab some crackers and some juice, this would be a great time to do it before we get into 1 Corinthians. And so for you as a faith family sitting in the sanctuary, if you would, right now in the pew in front of you are the little cup and bread. So if you would just reach over the aisle and pick up one of these cups, if you do not have one or if you cannot find one either in front of you or behind you, if you would just slip your hand up, there'll be a deacon who will bring them to you. But if you cannot find one of these little cups, Um, If you would just slip your hand up, I think everybody's pretty well covered. But I just want to walk, and I know this may may seem a little elementary, but I want to make sure we walk you through this because when we get into the moment here, I don't want to have to stop and explain how to do this. And I want you all to be familiar with this. And I don't want juice to go flying on you here in a little bit. Uh, You'll see at the very top, these are self-serve cups. All right, so you've got at the top, you've got a little wafer of bread at the very top. And in just a moment, not right now, you'll see that there's a little flap at the very top that is very, very thin. If you've gone underneath to the very thick metallic piece, you've gone too far. There's a very thin layer of plastic at the top that you'll peel back that will give you the bread. All right, and so in just a moment, when I talk through the bread, you'll peel that back during the examination time and you'll take the little wafer out. This will not expose the juice, so you'll be in good shape, all right? And so in just a moment, after we get done with the bread and we eat the bread and we do that, the next portion will be the thicker, piece underneath the metallic piece and you'll rip that open in just a few moments. I hear some tears in just a few moments and that'll expose the juice and we'll take that together. All right. So I know that this is a little different, but what I want you to do as we walk through this time this morning is don't put this up on the uh, pew rack in front of you. Just hold on to it in your hand. As we walk through this morning, this is going to be a time for us to remember and reflect and recall. So I want you to just hold on to it in your hand. Don't grip it too tight, but just hold on to it in your hand. And let it serve as a reminder, as I'm talking, just let it serve as a reminder to you of what we're going to talk about. So I hope you've had time, if you're at home, to go find your elements. And if you're here this morning, you can open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Our text this morning will be 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I believe that it'll be a familiar one as we walk through the Lord's Supper. But again, I want to point our hearts in the right direction. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, and There are no sermon notes this morning, but there's three main places and words that I want us to reflect on as we come to the Lord's table. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, would you refine us? 
Would you teach us? Would you mold us? Or the last thing we want to do this morning is just eat a wafer of bread and drink a little bit of juice. Or do we want these elements to come alive for what they represent, what they mean for us as a body of believers? So Lord, teach us. Freshen our eyes and our hearts. Quicken our hearts to receive this message, Lord. Or we need you this morning. That's why we're here. And so we thank you for your great love for us. And so be with us now as we walk through this uh, time of remembrance. In your name we pray. Amen. The first thing that we see here is that Jesus repeats himself twice. He says, this is my body which is for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. He says the same thing with the cup. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. This is an important phrase that I think Jesus uses because we are forgetful people. Right? Jesus has set this up in a way that helps us to remember Right, just a moment ago, as we watched Ansley plunge beneath the water, it was a reminder to your baptism, a symbol that we are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. It gives us a picture, clear, perfect reminder of who we were before Christ and who we were now in Christ. It's a beautiful depiction of what happens in the Christian's heart when we give ourselves to the Lord, that we die to ourselves and we are raised to walk in new life. And so this morning, as we come to this portion, this is a beautiful depiction and reminder of our gospel faith. Now, this past week, we talked about how simple, repeated truths are safeguards for our soul. These things like rejoice in the Lord and God loves you, God cares for you, these simple, repeated truths time and time again, how they're safeguards for our soul. Things that we go back to when we're lost and hurting and don't know where to go and where we get confused or when we feel like we're neglected or hurting, we go back to the simple truths that become safeguards for our soul. Well, we're coming to one this morning. One of the most simple, repeated things that have been happening for generations and generations and generations that millennial of churches have been getting together to take these elements to remind ourselves of the deep need that we have of Jesus. So we walk in a line in 2020 of 2,000 years of Christians gathering together to take these elements together. You know what's even sweeter is this morning on World Communion Sunday, there are millions of believers who are participating in the same thing that we are. That this is a reminder of the goodness of God in our lives. That his body was broken for us. His blood was poured out to take our sins away. And so as we do this, this is a sacred reminder of God's love over us. I'm reminded of uh, in Exodus 12, we see how God has instituted incredible reminders throughout Scripture. Exodus 12, Moses, before we take, the people are taken out of, the prom, or out of captivity into the promised land, Moses sets up the Passover meal in which he has all these different things that he needs to do. You eat the bread unleavened. You, you do all these different things and ordinances to so make sure you have this Passover meal together. And you can probably sense that the people were a little bit confused. You know, Moses, why are we doing all this stuff? This doesn't really make much sense. Why does our bread need to be unleavened? Why do we need to do all these things? And he says, and In verse 26 of Exodus 12, he says, when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? What do you think it would be like for parents who experienced the Exodus? As they took that Passover meal, they got to share this incredible story of what God did for them, how God delivered them, what the incredible testimony that they had to share with their kids and grandkids, the testimony of God's faithfulness to them. Think about 
this Exodus story that Moses was trying to remind them and put up this beautiful reminder. As you see all throughout the Old Testament, stones and pillars were set up when God would do these seminal events that they could turn to and say, every time you see that stone, remember what God did here. And we do this in our lives, right? Do we not? We have different things that we call as trinkets that remind us of different parts and portions of our lives. For me, I keep these on my shelf. These are uh, maracas from Cuba, right? A couple of summer or a couple of spring breaks ago, I went to Cuba. And every time I see these maracas up on my uh, shelf in my office, I'm reminded and transported back to that week in Cuba with Bo Cooper and an incredible team that we got to share the Lord. We got to share the gospel. We got to do VBS and a multitude of things. And it brings me back almost to the sights and smells of being in that market where Bo was like, you've got to get some jewelry from your wife. You can't go home without jewelry for your wife. Just urging me, you got to bring some jewelry home. Finally, he bought it for me because he thought I was doing such a poor job. But these maracas just transported me back as I look at them on the shelf. In the same way as we hold this in our hands, this is a reminder that transports us back to different seasons of our life. For some of us, it's a deep reminder of who we were before Christ and what God has done in us and through us. For many of us, it's a reminder of God's great love, his work in your heart and your life over tremendous seasons. Friends, this is a reminder as we hold it in our hand. It's a reminder of the Lord's faithfulness over you despite your sinfulness and your shortcomings, despite our prone to wonder feelings. The Lord has kept us because of the reminders that we have in this bread and this cup. I'm a kind of a product of Exodus 12 as well. I was sitting in church like a normal Sunday morning, just like we're doing this morning. This is pre-coronavirus, and so we're, we're passing the plates, and uh, I was eight or nine years old, and my dad took the plate of bread, and he passed it over me to my mom, and I remember being a little discouraged, thinking, what was that all about? That wasn't fair, right? I want some of that bread that everybody's taking. And then the juice came, and I thought, well, maybe that was an accident, and so my dad took the juice cups, and he just passed right over me, and I, again, was a little offended. Dad, I want some juice too, man. That looks like good grape juice. That's not fair. But as I went home that afternoon and asked my dad, what was that all about? You know, I'd been in church a long time, but it was a great opportunity for my mom and my dad to lovingly share what these elements were all about in their life, what they had meant to them, what this means for us as believers. And in many of the same ways, as we go through this time this morning, this is an opportunity for us to remember, to recall and reflect the goodness of the Lord over you, who you were before Christ and who you are now in Christ. The second thing that we see in here is, I mean, we see a multitude of things, but the three things that I want to highlight, the second is, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, what does that look like for us to proclaim the Lord's death? That kind of, kind of sounds a little bit morbid and sad that we have to, every time we come together, let's proclaim that God's dead. Is that what we're here for? No. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a reminder to us that everything is not perfect as it should be, that we are all still living and tempted and hurt and there's pains and sorrows and shortcomings. So we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again, anticipating the moment that the Lord Jesus will either call us home or he will come back again. And so the incredible thing, as we gather this morning and as you take these elements together, as you look around the room, we are proclaiming the Lord's death and his coming together. And so we are encouraged by this. That yes, things are not perfect. 
There is cancer, there is sinfulness, there is wickedness, there is temptation, there is hurts, there is pains, there are sorrows, that the world is not perfect as it should be. And we lament of that fact and we anticipate the Lord's return. We call attention to that day where there will be with the Lord and there will be no more pains and we will not feel the hurts and sorrows that we experience on this side of heaven. So together as we take this, you look around the room and we are here in the same room because we need Jesus. At the core of it, this is what the taking of these elements mean for us, that we desperately cannot do it on our own. And so we're taking this bread because we need his body broken for us. And we're drinking this juice because we're saying we desperately need Jesus to cover the sins in our life. And so this is a time of remembrance, but we are proclaiming the Lord's death and his resurrection and his coming again. And so we're proclaiming it to one another in this room. I think this is the most beautiful part, and this is why we take it together corporately. Because I need to see you take it, and you need to see me take it. As your pastor, you need to see me take it and say, I cannot do it on my own. I am a sinful man, and the only way that I have a righteous standing before the Lord is because his body was broken for me, and his blood was poured out on my behalf. So friends, this is the communal aspect of what we're doing, that we come into this room together and we take it together to remind one another that we are not alone, that we all need the blood of Jesus to cover our sins. We need his body poured out for us. And so I would encourage you, if you've walked in here and you're hurting and you're broken and you're just feeling the, the gravity of weight of this world on your shoulders, look around because you're going to see a multitude of people in this sanctuary who are going to be in the same boat that you are at the core level. This is why this is a unifying event for us because no matter how you've stepped in here and no matter how you'll leave it, we're all in the same boat. We need Jesus. We desperately need his blood to cover us, cover all of our sins. And so we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. The Lord has not come back yet. I hope he hasn't because we'd be in trouble, right? The Lord has not come back yet. And so because he has not come back, we still have work left to be done. We still have things left to do. The world is not perfect. So we have an, a, a problem and we have an opportunity for us to go out. So as we take this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death and we're proclaiming to one another, keep going. Keep fighting. Keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward. You got this. You can do this. And as we take this, we're proclaiming to one another, keep going. You got this. The Lord is with us. He's not going to leave us nor forsaken us. He's with us always to the end of the age. So we take this in remembrance of him as a reminder that until the Lord comes back, we're going to proclaim that as people still on this earth, that we desperately need him and that he is with us. So be encouraged this morning. Be of good cheer this morning. That he has overcome death. That he has cheated death. That he has overcome the grave. So again, we're not taking a simple wafer and a little bit of juice. We are reminding ourselves of the depth by which this means. And it's the last thing that we want to talk about very quickly before Bonnie and Terry come and lead us through a time of reflection is Verses 27, 28, and 29 give us a clear admonition. 
Whoever therefore eats or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself then. So eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Whoever eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. My friends, this is a scary bit of text. We don't want to eat or drink judgment on ourselves by any stretch of the imagination. And so this is why we give you an opportunity where Bonnie comes and sings and Terry comes and plays the piano. This is not just filler time for us to be able to pass the elements out or for you to get yourself open of the cup and stuff. This is an opportunity for you to examine yourself. And I would assume as you examine yourself, you probably will not feel worthy to take the elements this morning. That you're probably recalled and the devil's going to hit you with all sorts of things that may make you feel less than or make you feel hurt in your soul to say, I don't deserve this, right? But that's what this is all about. That we come to the place that we say, thank you, Jesus. You're right, Lord, I have sinned and fallen short. But that time of examination should lead you to a time where you fix your eyes on Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, for your sin, for your grace, excuse me, that covered my sin that you saved a sinner such as I. And so as we go through this time of examination, let your heart be full of joy, full of repentance maybe, as you reflect on just what God has done for you. So let me pray for us, and then I'll have Bonnie come and sing as we examine ourselves before we take the bread. Dear Father, thank you. But again, our hearts are just a razor focused on remembering all that you have done for us. Lord, as we take this next few moments to examine our hearts, Lord, I just pray that we are overcome with the goodness of who you are and what you've done. That this wafer of bread would represent your, your body broken on our behalf. So Lord, teach us now in this moment. Open our hearts. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. As Bonnie is singing, if you would just tear off that top portion and just hold that little wafer in your hand and let it be a reminder and a reflection as Bonnie sings.
we come to this time that we take the bread. Friends, this is a reminder to us of God's great love over you that his body was broken for you. If there's ever any doubt of God's love over you, his care over you as a child of his, let this bread be a reminder that God loves you. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of of me, and they took the bread. As we come to this next portion, we're going to take this little thimble of juice, and again, this is a reminder, one, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that none of us are perfect, but we have a Savior who has come to this earth, and he has lived a sinless, perfect life. He was crucified on the cross to take your sins, my sins, and the sins of the whole world. What's remarkable about that fact is that every other religion on the face of the planet has God sitting on top of a mountain, sitting on top of high in heaven, and every other religion has man working their way up to God by trying to do some good works or trying to reincarnate or just do some things to get the way up to the mountain, to ascend up to God, to do enough good things to finally make their way to a good standing before God. But the distinctiveness of our faith as believers is that we serve a God who didn't sit up on high and say, figure it out, make it up to me, and then you'll enter into my heaven. We have a God who sent his son Jesus down to this earth to live a sinless life, to die in our place, to give us something that we did not deserve so that we can make it from heaven to earth. And so as Terry plays, would your hearts be flooded with the reminder what what this thimble of juice represents? Jesus' blood pour it out, that your sins are taken away as far as the east is from the west. Let this be a reminder to you as Terry plays.
Thank you, Terry. What a beautiful reminder for us as people. That's essentially what we're doing. We're turning our eyes upon Jesus in this moment. Friends, as we're gathered in this sanctuary this morning, this is what we're drinking to. We're proclaiming the Lord's death and his goodness and his glory until he comes again. We're reminded as we take this that this was his blood poured out for us to cover our sins and that his mercies will be new every single morning. Amen. In the same way as he took the bread, he took the cup after supper, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, and do it in remembrance of me. And they took the cup.